Welcome to A Walk in My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, McKinney Smith. Hey, Faith Walkers. Thank you for joining us on the A Walk in My Stilettos podcast, where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to strengthen their resilience muscle own their stories, and conquer their fears so they can reach their goals. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony, and since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Carmelia Ray. She is an internationally acclaimed matchmaker for high-achieving men and the quality women they're searching for with decades of experience and a tireless enthusiasm for online dating and matchmaking carmelia has established herself as the go-to attraction expert when elite singles are ready to find attract and connect with mr or mrs Wright. in her career she has helped over seven thousand clients and interviewed over 65 thousand singles on the issues, challenges, and successes of how to date, mate, and relate. She's also a renowned TV personality from Moms versus Matchmaker, The Real Housewives of Toronto, and a user's guide on cheating death. A frequent media contributor, Carmelia's advice and expertise have been featured in notable outlets, including Ask Men, Variety, The Hollywood Reporter, OK Magazine, Global News, The Maryland Dennis Show, Elle, and countless others. So please welcome to the show, Carmelia Ray. Wow, that's that's a mouthful. I'm like, whew, maybe I should have given you my short bio and not the whole. Not I was like, girl. breathe, girl, breathe. <laughs> Thanks for the bragging rights. That's awesome. That's all you, girl. That's all you. Oh, man. Thank you. I actually just had my appearance on OWN Network's new show called Love Goals that came mm. out this season. And I had the opportunity of uh, reading five celebrity couples relationship compatibility according to a DNA kit they took through a company called Instant Chemistry. So that was also really cool. And you wow, can see that on congrats. my IGTV. Thank I love you. it. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to need to know all about this chemistry test because I'm all about compatibility through like love languages and attachment styles. So yes. you're going to have to tell me all about this stuff because I need to know. Totally. <laughs> totally. It can be awesome. a scary thing though for people when you start to test like biological, neurological, real testing in your genes where you're, you know, taking a spit swab. And it's interesting <laughs> how people react to stuff like that, right? But we can absolutely talk about that. Yeah, I'm big on that stuff. I actually listened to a podcast where a psychologist were talking about doing brain scans to check compatibility and how there was a couple that he had been doing counseling with. And one woman, I guess, had I guess, a history of ADHD and her family, and she needed a certain type of medication. And the husband needed a different type of medication, I guess, for his, um, I guess, background. Mm-hmm. But once they were both on their separate types of things to help them calm down and come to more of a common place, their relationship skyrocketed. And they've been together, like, I think, five or 10 years since they did that actual brain scan about ca- compatibility. So that's crazy. But I love that stuff. Anything that can help the individual better understand and assess themselves and and more importantly where they can have the same access to how their partner ticks mm-hmm. given you know their natural triggers what upsets them how they communicate i think more knowledge is useful and and also the application and interpretation of that knowledge right like if you know this is going to make somebody upset it's like you have to consciously do things all the time. And and we as human beings typically are not walking around in 100% awareness. We just do things and say things and we're like, oops, mm-hmm. we apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oops. Yeah, we do. We're in the oops mode for most of the time, especially in quarantines. Like, <laughs> I forget the phrase that says, like, make the mistake and apologize for it versus not doing it at all. <laughs> anyway. That's awesome. Okay. So let's mm. jump into your story. Mm-hmm. 
So I like to start the show with an icebreaker question because I believe that as women, we have all these different titles that we go by. And I feel that a title that's not given enough significance is our name because our names have meaning. And every time someone says your name, they're declaring that meaning to you. So I would love to know, Carmela, do you know what your name means? Oh, my goodness. I don't. I actually really don't. I'll tell you where my name is derived from. And so my name, I'm Filipino-Canadian, born in the Philippines. My f- grandfather's name is Carlos. So my my dad's grandfather, he was the general in the army. My mother's mom's name is Emilia. So they, when I was born, combined my grandfather and my grandmother on opposite sides of the family and named me Carmelia. So it's Carlos and Amelia put together. So really the meaning, it's a double meaning. I am both the meaning of my grandfather's name, Carlos, and the meaning of my grandmother's name, Amelia. And I literally just Googled the meaning of my name because I'm a nerd like that and I have access to <laughs> Google. <laughs> I'm like, darn it. She didn't tell me she was going to ask me this. So I cheated. Um, the meaning of Carmelia is garden orchard. Uh, mm. I would thank you for asking because now I know, <laughs> but it's really the derivative of uh, my, uh, my grandfather and my grandmother put together. And that that has always been a beautiful story, and I'm so happy that my parents did that because it's it's a unique name. I really like it. I actually really love the story of how you know your name came together, and I love when people take a combination of their loved ones' names because it's like joining in two people that you really love and combining mm. into one. So you know when they totally. say your name, they're thinking of both people that they love. I love that. I love that. Yes, that is beautiful. So I would love to know, what did you want to be when you're a little girl? I wanted to be several things as a little girl. Um, but I recall very early, probably in elementary school, I wanted to be an actress. Mm. So, uh, you know, when you go in the malls and there's like uh, Ford models, or I guess commercial kiosks, this is way back in the day. You don't see that anymore. But <laughs> I passed by a commercial kiosk and my parents were immigrants. So we came from, uh, you know, a poorer, you know, background. And I was scouted, so to speak, by this agent that said, your daughter's made for TV and she should do commercials. And this is the price of headshots and to get her into school. And I think at the time, it was just way out of reach for like what my parents could could provide. And I'm one of two of three kids, right? I'm the middle girl and I have older brother, younger brother. And I remember feeling so mad and angry and disappointed that I wasn't allowed or couldn't go to this school because I was in dramatic arts ever since I was in kindergarten. I remember my first role in the school play was I was a bug. You know, like I got dressed up, I was a bug. And then my next role was I was the star of Bethlehem. I was in a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. And I remember this. I was dressed in white. I had the responsibility of holding the North Star and Jesus was in the manger. And I remember that was... (laughs) I was a bug. I was a star. I then in grade four, I was Pinocchio, like my first lead role in elementary school. And I just always took dramatic arts up to grade nine. So I I wanted at some point to be in, in, in entertainment on television. I ended up being in reality TV for four years. So, but I'm certainly not an actor and I don't want to discredit <laughs> anybody with actual skills. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> you know, I will take that up though, just for myself, because I, I do think that being able to perform and, uh, you know, actors are so talented and a high respect for what they do, including the memorization. I lost my memory a long time ago. Three kids later, I don't have any brain cells. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know where my keys three. are. Oh, <laughs> I get horrible. it. I, get I it. used to be smart. Like, like I used to be smart. It's terrible. Trust me, I get it. So the reason why I asked that is because I always like to see the correlation between what someone wanted to be as a little girl when their imagination was full and before society started to shape them and before life changed them into the direction that they are now. So Mm -hmm. I would love if you can share like what inspired you to start your work as a matchmaker. I fell into matchmaking in 1992. I was in my early 20s. 
I was working in retail. I was discovering life. Didn't know what I was wanted to do. Didn't follow up in post-secondary. And an ex-boyfriend of mine said, hey, Carmelia, you should work for this dating service that we're working for. And I said, what do I have to do there? It's like, they're hiring people in their call center. Now imagine this, McKinney. It's like back in the day when like there literally was a call room and there were mm-hmm. real phones that you picked up and you dialed. Like <laughs> that was the room. I grew up in this call center environment. I'm like, what do I have to do? And so this company was called Together Dating. This is in 1992. I'm shocked how big it was. Like there were, there were that many matchmaking companies or dating service. And so my role was literally to call people that had filled out a form in the mail. On top of that, this is snail mail. Okay. We used mm-hmm. to send out these surveys. Are you single? People would fill it out, lick the envelope. It would come back postage free paid. <laughs> like uh, Gen Z is like, what's that? What's an envelope? Why are you licking yeah. paper? Like this is- <laughs> Like literally. And so that's how I ended up talking to 65,000 people over the course of 20 years or however long it was, because my job 40 hours a week from the time I came in to the time I left was picking up the phone and talking to singles about their love life. And so um, I was really good at it. And and of course, you got to remember, I'm in my early 20s. I didn't really have life experience. I'm talking to, you know, single professionals that are, are looking for a life partner. And, and I just knew how to talk to people. I've always had that ability. I'm naturally curious about people. So I'm somebody that can ask you a million questions. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's really how I thrived. Happened to just go in there, realized I really loved to talk to people. And then it became a matter of, of helping people make the decision or choice to do something different in their dating life by trying matchmaking, right? And and 15 years later, I'd been with this company and then several other, and I became so good at what I did working with people over the phones. I ended up becoming a trainer and talking to people about how to connect very quickly with people over the phone and in person and until the point I launched my own business in 2010, for myself. At that point, my friends are like, you still working for that business? Why aren't you doing something for yourself? Right. And I was just like, hmm, why aren't I doing something for Mm -hmm. myself? But we're all, we all get to that point where it's comfortable. I worked really, really hard climbing. There is a corporate matchmaking ladder, believe it or not. Okay. Like (laughs) I literally climbed the corporate matchmaking ladder, worked very hard from a phone room, part-time, full-time, you know, regional manager, then director and all that kind of stuff. But at the time that I was at the top of my game as an executive in the position I was in, you know, making my salary, I had two younger children, just bought a house. And the idea of leaving that role to start something from nothing, you know, Mm -hmm. other than bringing all my experience and literally having to rely on whatever savings I had, you go from full-time salary to entrepreneurship you know, it's not an easy path, right? right it's not right. for not for me anyway. For other people, yeah, it, it wasn't like, for me either, girl. It was not for me either. So I re- I remember the day specifically. It was June. It was a day in June. It was hot. It was in 2010. And I told the directors, this is my last day. They were freaking out because I was really the leader, like one of the top people at this company. And they just couldn't believe that I wanted to do something. I wanted to start a blog, right? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't start a, and this is the other thing about certain industries that you're in. They're they're very highly competitive and they're also very, I don't want to say incestuous, like private. The idea of me branching off and sharing secrets and writing about, you know, dating tips, they all, they weren't, they weren't ready for that, right? right? They're like, you can't tell our secrets. You can't, I'm like, what do you mean I can't share the secrets? I, I've been doing this my whole life. Everybody deserves to know how to find their match. Everybody needs to know what this is all about. We're not the only people that provide this kind of service. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you begin to collaborate with your competition or you start to share, hey, what are you guys doing over there? I'm not telling you what we're doing. I'm like, well, well, this is what we're doing. I started to attend conferences and realized that there are other people that are doing it differently. And I had my own ideas and I started to introduce them and they didn't jive with with all of them. So I said, you know, time for me to go. And so I left in 2010 on a great note 
still very surprising, still incredibly terrifying. And it took me at least three or four years to get to the point where I matched and surpassed what I was earning, Mm -hmm. but it was, I had full freedom. I didn't have to go to work. I, my work was in my house now and wherever else I could find, you know, opportunities and clients. I had the know-how. So that was at least didn't worry about that. I was going to get there, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to get there faster. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wanted to get there fast, <laughs> you know, being in the trenches. And I'm like, man, I did this already. Why don't I do this again? It's just so hard. It was really hard. So you spoke to being able to help people to connect quickly. Yes. I want to talk about dur- dating during this mm-hmm. pandemic and online dating, because I would like to say that I've never done online dating, but if I'm being completely honest, my last okay. two relationships actually started through meeting people through Facebook. So I guess that's technically considered yes. online dating, right? Uh, but, but not the Facebook dating platform. You're just saying no. it was in an just online like Facebook fashion. Friends. Got yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's that counts, by the way, Makini. Like, I want people to know I help people attract their match and find their partner any way possible. And your social media for sure is a opportunity and potential to connect people for sure. Yeah. I guess I just now started to realize, yeah, that was actually technically an online online. Right. Okay. So share with the listeners, where does one start to find, attract and connect with Mr. and Mrs. Wright during this pandemic? Well, firstly, we can talk about why. (laughs) Maybe I'd like to talk about why didn't you do the online thing? However, (laughs) very, very simply, of course, online dating sites are the number one way where a single person can meet somebody online and where they should at least try it, explore it. There's multiple sites for multiple people for different reasons. So there's a niche for everything. And really with the right advice and guidance and know-how, you can successfully meet people online happens all the time. During the pandemic in particular, Tinder, Match, all the major dating sites have reported a 30% app usage, almost a 500% increase in messaging. They've now all implemented video chats and video searching. So companies, dating sites and online dating platforms are absolutely doing what they can to pivot and provide a new way of dating for singles. So there's that. And secondly, Instagram, for sure, I'm sure is going to be a dating platform. It's already being used for that purpose. People are sliding into the DMs. People are commenting on stories. (laughs) If you're not doing that, you're missing an opportunity. And there absolutely can be a respectful way to show interest. You can slide into the DM and be curious about someone and flatter them. And you'll know when you're watching, right? I guess it also depends on how big your platform is. If you post something and you get like six, like on my birthdays, right? Or on our birthdays, mm-hmm. I, I have a, a 5,000 friend limit on my birthday. Like it, it literally would take an entire day or at least several hours to like read every single salutation, right? right? So the other thing is how to grab that somebody's attention when they've got a bigger profile, how can you get their attention? The other thing is if you can be intentional with what you post and how you promote yourself. I know on Facebook, you can highlight that you have single status. So that way people aren't guessing. Nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that to say you're single or divorced. A lot of times when people are looking, like give them clues, help them out. You know what I mean? It's like (laughs) single or not single, like they're trying to guess, right? So if you want to be intentional about it, then the occasional post looking for what's your ideal relationship or, you know, what's your view on love or what, what are the things you care about? You can use your social platform to give your potential match or the person you're looking to attract a real idea of sense of who you are, right? Mm -hmm. So you can do that with intention. LinkedIn, also a great way to interact on things that uh, stimulate you intellectually, uh, personally, what industries are you into? Anywhere that you can jump on a Zoom call where it's video, I host a weekly quarantine singles happy hour, 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. I've host a live matchmaking show that I do Thursdays at 7. And these are opportunities where you can jump on, you can participate, join the Facebook groups, join the meetup groups, join the free seminars and webinars that are happening 
like mm-hmm. every hour of the day, every minute, <laughs> there is something free. Okay. <laughs> like if someone said, I have nothing to do, you are not opening your eyes and you are not opening your, your tablet. I mean, there, there's something to do. I, I don't know. I can't tell you how many free things and paid things I'm participating in. I was just mm-hmm. in like a PR group that I was learning about and engaging with new people. And I did this entrepreneur business, you know, world's largest coffee date. And I'm like, oh, what's that? Wherever you can just jump on and show up. And in your showing up and just being present, you can attract a single person. And even if it's not a single person, you can show up as somebody that's investing in yourself, because when you do that, that in itself is attractive, right? Like when you talk about how you can be, if you're sitting at home and doing things on your own and consuming things on your own, that's great. But how is that serving you in getting yourself out there? How are you being visible and showing up to other people so that you can be found or recommended or, oh, this person could be great for that person. Even for myself, when I look for guests for my show or to interview or when I was doing Mom versus Matchmaker and I had two weeks to cast, you know, a potential <laughs> single, mm-hmm. like literally I'm competing against a mom. Like what's mom going to do? I wasn't worried about mom because, but I just want to show up like with the best match. So mm-hmm. I had to be creative in where I was going to meet the, these, you know, single potential candidates through my own network where are these guys going? Where can I meet? What are they interested in? Who do I have to get a hold of? What shoulders do I have to, you know, tap to, to get that connection? So it is a constant recruitment for me. And if somebody is single and they're intentional, there has to be something on their agenda and on it almost even penciled in today, I'm going to do search activity today. I'm going to do response activity this week. I'm going to go on a date well, if you're going to go on a date, what are you going to do to manifest that date? Because they certainly aren't right. going to just knock on your door, right? So right. think about those things. Right. So, okay, there's a few things that I want to touch on that you said. So when you talked mm. about sliding in the DMs, I mean, I'm big on that, not necessarily for dating, but okay. in terms of partnerships for the brand or guests for the podcast or pitching myself for other people's platforms. Sliding in the DMs and generating rapport with people and engaging with people has worked tremendously, especially within, I'm going to say, the last five years within my business. Majority of my international connections that have opened the door for me to have speaking opportunities in the U.S. and coaching opportunities in the U.S. have been through sliding in the DMs. So I can totally see relationship-wise how that would work out. The other thing where you said about showing up online and intentionally taking the time every day to pencil that into your schedule. There was two things that I got from that because I'm seeing so much stuff online with women on my timeline saying, well, where are you supposed to meet people during this pandemic? And if you know they had just decided that they were going to put themselves out there and now they can't go on a date. So I would love if you could speak on where or how people can date during this pandemic. Sure. Yeah. And 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 just so that for the people that are listening and I wanted to throw that question back again to you in this in the sliding into the DMs. Are you saying that you yourself as a brand, two things, you've slid into the DM to inquire or to build a connection or to start a conversation mm-hmm. and people are sliding into your DMs, correct? Both. There's yep. there's both. Okay, great. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And you know what? I almost think I slid into your DM or you slid into, I think we <laughs> slid into each other's DM. I don't even care who it is first, but I know but we met I have followed up with you. We met online a hundred percent. We actually met at an event and then yeah. met online. Yeah. Right. So and through meeting online, I got a better, at least I get a certain sense about you then just meeting you in person. A lot of my relationships, by the way, uh, and clients who have finally, you know, mustered up the courage to work with me have said, I have been following you for years. Mm -hmm. I have been, you know, watching you for X number of months, X number of years, or, and it was this thing you said, or this thing you did, or I really resonated with that. And it's through something that you will eventually do at some point will, will be a match uh, for your ideal client and or something you see somebody else do is going to call to you that will compel you to want to hear their story. So right. I've set up a bunch of virtual dates. So that's that's an easy one. Like when you're obviously I'm a matchmaker, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm introducing people together. 
And for those who have gone out in person, the easiest date to go to would be a a walking date, a social Mm -hmm. distancing walking date. You can actually meet in the parking lot, both still in your cars, mm-hmm. you know, window to window, like olden days, or, mm-hmm. or you can get out of your car in a parking lot where it's safe. Cause again, in Toronto, I've heard people are still getting tickets for stuff if they're not related. So make sure that you are practicing, you know, real social distancing, right? Going for walks is super easy. Uh, going for hikes where you can, uh, you can rollerblade, do something active where, where there is still the activity that can bond you and, and you are at a safe distance. Today, McKinney, I, I did a, my, one of my girlfriends called me, one, an old girlfriend from high school said, we're going over to Arlene's house and there were seven cars of us and we did a social distance birthday parade. Yep. It was yep. so fun. I I only saw it on Instagram before. And I actually did that today. We all got out of our cars. You know, I was with my family. So my family stayed together. Their, their other family stayed together. That was fun. But if I was going to do that at a date, we could have chosen a common location where both felt safe and have conversation, right? So that's something that you can do. And then you can do picnics if you'd like, weather permitting. And there are some people that are listening to this where weather is always permitting. <laughs> so just, you know, like, those people, <laughs> uh, you know, so grab your own picnic blanket. You can sit on opposite sides. There are a lot of cute things you can do if you're doing in person. And then of course, virtual, you can do a virtual museum tour. You can do virtual Amazon. I think it's, I think it's Netflix watch parties together. There's also the gaming app called house party. There's a list of things that you can do if you Google it and you can even do it's something called Yoki, which is karaoke, um, karaoke on Zoom. And okay. cooking, cooking dates are really cool where you can share, you can send each other both recipes and you can kind of have a competition with each other who makes the better eggs benedict or the whole presentation, like give each other a recipe that you share and you cook it together at the same time and you present your dish or whatever. That could be super fun also. I love the, like everything that you shared. I love like the stuff that you said in the beginning, some things that I've been doing, the walking dates, we've been sure. doing the parking lot dates. We've done a couple birthday drive-bys. I yes. celebrated my 40th during this COVID. So I had, oh, um, I you know, saw the video, <laughs> like special gifts show up my door and people with <laughs> signs in my lawn. I um, love that. Definitely. But I am definitely going to be trying the online museum tours and yes. the watch parties and the, the cooking, cooking dates for sure. Dates, yeah. yeah. And the other thing is uh, they call it Uber Eats Roulette where you both order each other a surprise meal Ooh. and you unravel it together, right? So it's like they know you like you might open up and you might have Indian that day. They might have sushi but you and you play around with your budget. All right, today's budget, we're going to keep it under $10 or ooh, we're going to spruce it up a little bit and we're going to make it like a a $50 order, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. So that you both are feeling like you're investing. Like next thing you know, you're getting like, I don't know, an apple pie at McDonald's. (laughs) 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 And you got them like a three quarter, and you're like, really? Okay, come on. (laughs) Ooh, I really love that. Yeah, play fair, play fair. There's also Uh, (laughs) a company called HelloFresh and shopping, the actual shopping apps where they actually handpick the groceries deliver your groceries to you. Again, these are either meals you already have. And I've done that with girlfriends that said, these are the five ingredients that you have to cook something with. Mm-hmm. And then you you basically make your creation out of the five ingredients and you decide who did a better job. So there's really cool stuff that you can do. Okay. Okay. Food anyway. And food is always a winner, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's always a winner with me. It's always a winner with me. And it's, I'm big on the simple things, like having yeah. little things dropped off to me, like candy apples yes. or my favorite chocolate bar or my favorite salad. Cause I like, you know, $25 yeah. salads, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but well, yeah, crafts those- too, right? Like my girlfriend does virtual paint parties and I literally ran out. I mean, I think the day that I knew we were going to be in quarantine, I think I spent like a hundred bucks at the dollar store mm-hmm. and I got a lot of stuff at the dollar store, paint supplies. And she does weekly zoom painting class and I paint with my daughter, I, my youngest one, who's three, and we do painting classes. And that's easily something that you could do 
with a partner and do a painting class together. It's cool. I love it. I love it. I love all of those. There was one thing I wanted to go back on when you were talking mm-hmm. about the major online dating platforms and how they've now implemented video chats. Yep. I love that because, so I don't watch much TV, but my daughter used to be a big fan of the show Catfish. And yes, because I'm an empath, oh God. So for anyone listening who is not familiar with the show Catfish or even the term Catfish, one of the hosts was dating someone that he had met online for how long, fell in love and went to meet them and realized that that person was not who they said they were you know they pretended somebody to be mm-hmm. someone else and took on someone's el- someone else's identity and all that so me being an empath i've watched a couple episodes of those and i was like devastated for the person who was heartbroken oh. in the end and i thought i, I can't watch the show i know <laughs> but, <laughs> but when you mentioned that they now have the option for video chats and stuff i love that because that mm-hmm. prevents people who are worried about those types of things from happening to them. So, you know, you may meet someone online and you're communicating online and typing back and forth and sending messages, but now you actually get to video and connect face and voice and communication through the cues in your face and all of those things to really connect with that person. Well, I, I actually think that that's one of the permanent shifts that we'll be taking for people who are dating and have dated with video now. And there's always pros and cons to introducing new tech. And there's also pros and cons to people's comfort level, right? Mm -hmm. Because in one sense, there are people that are pro video, like they, that's me, like, as long as I look all right and I've got my face <laughs> together, like I asked you straight up, I said, Makini, are we doing video or 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 just mm-hmm. voice? You're like voice. I'm like perfect. Not asking <laughs> no makeup to turn required. My camera no on required. I'm not doing it exactly. <laughs> and I love that, but it's the same thing as there are people that are comfortable with planning a social distancing date and those that are not, and then there are people that are comfortable with video and those that are not. I will say when it comes to online dating, there are people that are used to and comfortable to certain things. So for example, some of my clients will not go on a date with someone unless they've had a phone chat. So they want to hear it on the phone. Some people will now not go on a date unless they've seen them on video because that's what they're expecting and that's what Mm -hmm. they want to see. And they think that somebody's like not worth it or they're not on the same page if they're not on video. So it can be a little bit complicated and you might lose out on opportunities if someone truly is just, they really are who they say they are, but they just, they don't do the video thing. They prefer the in-person connection. That might take some time to navigate, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing too is that because there are ways to record your phone screen, right? That's the other thing is where is this video going? Nowadays, even when you're on Zoom, someone can always be recording that interaction. Right. No matter what. And so that's right. the that's the other scary part about technology as we hear about people who and, and apps that are already stealing your information, like TikTok, or they said TikTok was and Zoom had a breach and Facebook had a breach. So and even watch party, I heard. Uh, yes. And that's why <laughs> people are literally not wanting For to house do those party. types of house party. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm thinking. It's it's gonna be very difficult to navigate. Now that some people are not going to want to go out with somebody unless they're on video and some people, you know, at the same time will will just lose out on opportunities and those who don't adjust, like, what are your fears, right? You've got like, if you're not, if everybody's doing video, does that mean you should do video? Like, what are you giving up as a result? So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be an interesting time over the next couple of weeks and over the next year as I, as a matchmaker, am trying to figure out the piece, you know, the puzzle as well, so that singles are giving them the best opportunity for success. I don't think anything beats meeting in person. Mm -hmm. And so meeting in person is certainly the better, the best choice when you feel safe to, and COVID is not like, we're not in a pandemic and it's fine <laughs> to like meet each other because even through video, it, it's not going to replace that sense of human connection Absolutely. and touch and even just putting your hand on someone's wrist or smelling their, smelling them. Like we have pheromones. There are a lot of our attraction is based on 
genetic genetics and even mm-hmm. um, animal scent. And, and you lose out on those opportunities when you're making decisions on video. It's just the same as people making decisions to swipe left or right. That's one right. metric. Then they're making a decision to swipe left or right on the phone. And then it's another one on video. And then by the time, are you even going to make it to in-person by the point? I mean, it's like, no, you're not perfect. You're not yeah. absolutely perfect, right? So, so hard. Yeah. I think back to when I first started dating my ex that I had originally met through Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I am not a video person that is any type any video you see of me that's me coming out of my comfort zone whether it be an interview whether it be an ig story that's me coming out of my comfort zone so wow. about and, and, two and see, i i wouldn't have ever thought that <laughs> like and and it's true a lot of people you make these assumptions especially because you uh, to me you have a public image you mm-hmm. are about branding and you're helping people step into their comfort and greatness. And, and that's good because now I know that for you, it's like you're, you're tasking yourself to oh, do yeah. this stuff, right? Absolutely. So I'm, I'm cool. a big introvert. And okay. I guess because I'm also a mindset coach, I understand how to, you know, we have to come out of our comfort zone, how we have to challenge ourselves, how we have to push through our fears and all of that. So as much as I am a personal brand, I am very much introverted. So like I said, video is a challenge for me. And about two and a half years ago, when I met my ex through Facebook, he is big on video chats. And he <laughs> wanted to, like, I'm used to, okay, send me, you know, a good morning text or give me a good morning call. Yeah. But he wanted to video chat all the time. <laughs> he would video chat while he was cutting his hair. He would video chat while he was cooking in the kitchen. And I remember- What was time, that like for you? So you had <sighs> to adjust. Oh my goodness, did I ever. And because he was so big on getting to know me on a deeper level through video chat, he would pull me out of my comfort zone through video chat. So when him and I first started dating, I had actually just become comfortable wearing um, wigs. <laughs> I okay. didn't like them before. Okay. And I have a lot of hair, but it was easier to deal with. And we right. were on a video chat one day and he says to me, well, I know that's not your hair. So do you have hair under there? Like, can I see? And I was like, no. <laughs> and we're on this video chat and he's like, well, I need to know if you have hair under there. Like, can you lift the wig back a little bit so I can see oh, your little bald? <laughs> And I, I cannot believe I did. I li- like slid the wig back to show him I have a full head of hair under here. But just the things that we would do through video chat just to connect and get to know each other. I mean, I was oh totally God. out of my comfort zone, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it allowed oh, us to so, get to know each other so, deeper. So me inviting you to my live stream is a stress. <laughs> oh I'm so freaking honored. Oh my yeah. God. And I'm actually creeping you on your Instagram and you don't have video. Yeah, oh my God, you know I'm why. Sell, I think I'm going to make it a private video and sell it. <laughs> For the first time ever, the real mechanism is like, oh my God. Thank yeah, you. I've, I've been on other, oh like I've goodness. been on a lot of major media platforms on video yes. and, you know, all of that stuff. I will agree to certain platforms for video, but yeah. because it's not within my comfort zone, I have to push really hard to say yes. And it has to be uh, oh. like yourself, someone that I admire, someone that oh, I'm open to. Uh, to I'm literally for. grinning from you. I'm like, <laughs> I can't this is so great. Yeah. All right. All right. That's good. That's so, good. so back to Ooh. you. I, okay. I want you to share with us what inspires you the most about what you do. I mean, I've been through such tragic heartbreak uh, as uh, my first real uh, love, not my high school love, but the second relationship that I had that I thought I was in love with. This is post post high school sweetheart, first boy I thought I was in love with. And it was actually a, a verbally and physically abusive relationship. I was mm-hmm. 19. I ran away from home. I latched on to a boy that was just the split carbon copy of my dad who I was running away from, right? Mm-hmm. So don't we always run into the same thing. He was highly possessive. I didn't know any of this until we started dating, right? Like, mm-hmm. and uh, it was so toxic. And I remember feeling just completely worthless for whatever reason. And I had absolutely no reason to. And that's happened more than once in my life where I had I had made a relationship just feel like 
it was everything to me, right? Like without mm-hmm. this, I couldn't survive without this relationship. Like this relationship defined me. I needed to be with this person. And if this person didn't love me, what the hell value would I have? Like it was insane what I what I had been through. So, so being able to help people find a partner that they don't have to ever feel like they're less than or in need of someone. Like if, if we can bring people together, if I can help bring people together that are naturally compatible, they've got a great foundation for that compatibility. They don't have to struggle with, you know, finding that person, make, helping people to make this part of their life a little bit easier is, is certainly something that I will you know, I'm indebted to and, and have the, the, the benefit of doing it's heart work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I, I love about it. I think I'll always be in a position or place in my life where I'm making connections. Cause if I'm not making romantic connections, I'm making connections of all kinds, whether right. it's connecting my kids to a mentor, my partner to the right business person, you know, um, somebody who's looking for a new opportunity and someone who's trying to get out of an opportunity. Like I'm always making connections. So I think that's really what I was brought here for is to be a connector in some way. And, And the romantic connection is a piece that impacts so much of our lives that if we're not in the right one, you know, we can really get lost in that uh, partnership and and struggle and I've I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, hear like, you. I hear there. you. You know, you say that you're a connector, and I say stuff like I'm a shipbuilder because I like to build relationships. I like to build partnerships. I like to build mm-hmm. friendships. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. Just, yeah, like from I when I was re- watching your 40th video, and I thought. Man, I wanted to, I was going to tag all my friends. Where's my video? (laughs) Excuse me. Like, she has better friends than I do. What the hell is going on? Not really, but I I love it. I have known that group of friends since the ninth grade. We connected in ninth grade and have stayed connected. We've traveled together. We've been a part of each other's lives for kids and weddings and you name Uh, it. So I, I hold those people very near and dear to my heart. So entertaining that like, that's the kind of gift that we'll just keep on giving to when you're like 95 looking back and <laughs> Absolutely. all the shenanigans, right? So thank you, thank you for your friends that are listening. You guys rock. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I will definitely make sure they hear that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what advice would you give to a woman who is afraid of rejection? So she isn't taking any action in the dating world. Well, you know, rejection is, it's a real thing, right? To feel that rejection. But I think rejection is really a mindset. If you take that somebody is not interested in you for whatever reason, you've got to look at that as thank you. Like mm-hmm. it's it's almost like, why would you want to, to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with you anyway? That's right. step number one. And and B, like if they're honest about it, it's it's better that you know what their intent is or that they're not interested in you because then you can really focus your time and your energy on people who do want to be with you and pursuing those types of, you know, relationships, partnerships, endeavors, whatever. If you were giving your advice, like I'm a parent, you're a parent, so it may not always sink into someone who's single, who's not raised, but they have a loved one, right? Mm -hmm. Would you tell your loved one, if something was hard, okay, it's hard. Don't do it. I mean, think about that, right? Right, like, right. exactly. If, if you're fear, if you're afraid of something, you you really just have to face that. And I just was doing. I actually did a post on LinkedIn today about fear because fear is e- either forget everything and run, or is it? It's like uh, they're false emotions, right? Or or mm-hmm. faith, false evidence, drive. right? Yeah. Yes, I say I forget um, what it is. False evidence appearing real. Yes, false yep. evidence or false emotions feeling mm-hmm. real. Because at the end of the day, when you really sit back and think, what was I afraid of? Like, is he going to bite? Like, if he says no and, mm-hmm. you, you're you really just uh, playing with your own ego, right? It doesn't right. make it – when people associate someone's interest at, to their worth, I think that's the wrong association, Absolutely. right? Especially when you, you're giving that person so much power – 
Well, it's easier said than done. And I totally get that. As I said to you in my own personal story with my first relationship, I was in such a point where I really, really thought that the only thing that mattered was how this other person's view of me. Mm -hmm. Think about that. I would never want any person, any child, any human being to ever have their self-worth determined by someone else's opinion of them. Right. It's absolutely crazy. We do it when we do it all the time because, you know, it's hurtful when you post something on social media and people will say something and you don't walk around the world being this, carrying this iron, you know, body sleeve and and mental blocks. But you, you really have to understand that when it comes to finding love, you are going to have people that reject you. It's just part of life, right? It's part of life. Absolutely. It's just part of life. And and if you believe that eventually, like the more no's will get you closer to that. Yes. It really is true that you've got to keep going. If you quit, you won't get anywhere. That's all. I mean, if you're okay with quitting, then you're going to be okay with your status and nothing will change. Mm -hmm. One thing I tell a lot of my mindset clients who are always afraid because one of their main issues is they're afraid to go after what they want because they're always concerned about what someone else will say or what someone else will think or what someone else will Mm -hmm. feel and being disliked or not accepted. And I always tell them when you are being your truest of true self, you are either attracting or repelling, but you will be attracting those who are meant to be around you and you're repelling those who are meant not to be. So when people leave or when people quote unquote reject you, it's for your own good. They're not supposed to be there. Yeah. And it feels like crap. Like Mm -hmm. it feels bad. And, Mm -hmm. and, and you can either again, sit in that feeling bad or take that experience and literally be energized by the possibility, the better thing that waits for you, the better thing that forget waiting for you. That's that you're manifesting into your life. Right. So it's like that person wins if they're, if they wanted to hurt you and wanted to reject you and, and not even consider that's the funny part is that when oftentimes when somebody leaves a partner, the partner who's left sitting stuck on that relationship Typically, the person who's already checked out, you're out of their mental space already. They've they've moved on, right? They've moved (laughs) moved on. on. So, so I just heard that recently. Oh, okay, you're renting space in my head, and like that's great, but I don't have space in my head for you. Like Mm -hmm. they're already moved on, so it's time for you to get them out of your headspace to open up a path for someone else, or to fill it with again your top ten things that you've accomplished. Like you've got to also know what you're bringing, what your qualities are. Exactly. What your worth is. And and I can't tell you how many times, Mekini, I talk to someone and I say, tell me about yourself. Oh, it's so, it's so hard to describe myself. I don't (laughs) feel like bragging. And I'm like, no, I want to sit here and listen to you boast. Yeah. Like about every badass thing that you've ever done. Like let's list them off. Yeah. I actually just came from a, uh, I, I mentioned to you that I was in a PR group that I just signed up on. We have a be on TV challenge for the next five days. And today's homework is to write 10 badass things about yourself and like own them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're feeling down, like read this and then realize you're talking about yourself. Like I'm talking like go ahead and brag about the things that you're proud of, whatever that is. You know, if you taught your little brother how to tie his shoes, if you were, if you opened the door for a stranger and made them smile that day, like it doesn't have to be big things. It just has to be impactful. Absolutely. There's an exercise that I tell my clients to do and I tell them to send a text to five people and ask them what are the five things that they love about them. So Mm. I would tell you to text five people and ask them five things they love about you. And what you get back is usually pretty common. And it's your your qualities that you don't even realize. Like, you know, they may say that you're the most loyal person ever. They may say that you're the most kind or beautiful or what have you. But you'll find that there will be some pretty common answers. And I tell them to save those in their notes for on the days where they're feeling like crap. Look at that. Look at the qualities that people love about you the most. Look at what you've put out into the world, the energy that you've put out there. That's great. And you know, (laughs) another exercise. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. What a 
are the things you gently need to improve on? <laughs> yeah. Which list <laughs> oh my god if only we could survey like our ex-boyfriends or dates and you know as a matchmaker i get to do that which is really interesting because because we set up dates for both people when the date is over we do a, a pre-date kind of assessment and a post-date survey and post-date check so we get feedback from both sides so it's interesting what people will share as mm -hmm. far as what their experiences are. And sometimes they're two completely different experiences, right? Mm -hmm. This one is experiencing this and this one is experiencing that. And it's in that communication or miscommunication and interpretation where um, you get to learn about yourself. So I think it's great that you focus on what your strengths are by asking other people if you're challenged and if you have the, um, the courage <laughs> courage and you're and you you're not sensitive and you want to know what are the areas that I really can improve on you can you can ask people of their opinion of you in those areas just just don't attack them or make them wrong if they mm -hmm. say things justify you've really got to come from okay if, if you want to be you want to be in self improvement you want to know the areas that you really excel at and the areas you can improve on. I know I could be a better listener. I mm -hmm. know that for sure because I'm often occupied or I have my phone in my face and my son will say, mom, are you listening? And mm -hmm. when, I, when I, he's like, mom, and I have to put, I literally put my phone down and go, sorry, honey, I wasn't mm -hmm. listening. Those are areas I know I can work on. It's, it's not bad. It's just that you've got to own that and, and make a commitment to uh, improve it. It's interesting that you say that because I, I totally agree with also asking on things that you can improve on. So I have three friends that they're my no BS friends. They, right. it's like they have no agenda <laughs> and I know yeah. that they have my best interests at heart and they check my blind spots. So if they tell me, like if I want an honest opinion about if I'm being a jerk about something or if I feel that my perspective about something may be biased because I'm in my feelings, those mm -hmm. three people will tell me. They will tell me when I've posted something that seems a little arrogant. Or they will tell me sure. that, you know what, what you said to that man was not nice. Or they will, you know, they'll tell me, right. you know, Mac, I'm going to check you on that. I disagree with you. You need to think about that one again. And I value their opinions on that. Yeah, I think you always have to have, you should have somebody that you have your no BS friends mm -hmm. and or you have your no BS coach, right? right? Like I have my no BS coach, my no BS therapist, my no BS friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you need that. Yeah, totally you, need that. You totally you need, need that. So, okay. How else have coaches and mentors helped you along the way? When I first started in the business, I had I did hire a branding coach. So I I've had a business coach, a branding coach. I've had multiple mentors, and I've subscribed to lots of masterminds and and things of that nature. And and coaches will always, as you said, like they'll reveal blind spots and point out areas of behavior and actions that don't serve me or or that are inconsistent with who I say I am, right? Mm -hmm. If I say I am this way, but my actions and how I'm showing up is this way, then they'll guide me back to what, what was I committed to, right? right? Let's like you were commit, you're committed to love, kind, kind and understanding. So not talking to somebody is not, you know, yeah. a, a kind or loving way of being, right? So, so it's those types of things. I think that coaching is, has been for me, a huge part of what I consider to be areas in my life that are working and have that I, I excel in is because I've gotten coaching and I've been coachable. Yes. Coaching is doesn't work when you're just, uh-huh, uh-huh, and they're giving you information <laughs> and you're not doing anything about it. The action is important. 100%. Yeah. And I love that you've mentioned that because I always tell people, even the greatest coaches have a coach. We, uh -huh. none of us have arrived per se. So we need people to help us to, like you mentioned before, kind of bring you back into your lane to help us along the way, to help us skip some pitfalls, to give us some guidance. I like to surround myself with people that, that not only I can contribute to the conversation, but where they're contributing to me. Yes. They say at the table, I forget who I was talking to recently, but I, I'm happiest when I'm not the smartest person at the table. Absolutely. 
Yep. Right. Like I want to be at the table where I can sit here and, and soak in information and be a sponge. And it's also great when I can give back and, and help someone. But, you know, being somebody that has been in this industry for 28 years, if I ever sit and say, I know everything, I know that's when I need to check myself because mm-hmm. I, I absolutely don't know everything. And technology is evolving. We're dealing with so many different concerns like pivoting in this pandemic and dealing with relationships and having to be a mom and entrepreneur and all wearing all kinds of hats and not really being given any time to adjust. So mm-hmm. you think I, I don't call my emergency st- staff. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did like, I did a couples in quarantine talk, a live stream, and I called a divorce lawyer, a breakup expert, and a resilience coach or whoever it was, because I'm like, okay, I need help. And I'm sure other people (laughs) need help. Where is that talk and how can I listen? (laughs) I will send it to you. It was well received that way. So So you spoke to Uh, all the different things that you do, you know, as a mom and a coach and a matchmaker, and especially during this pandemic, like what does your self-care routine look like? Oh, what does it look like, Nikki? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I'm first to say I am guilty of not putting my daily self care routine in. I, I would say the biggest. Spot. Thanks for asking this very difficult question, Makini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think where I'm most out of integrity is my personal self-care right now in that I want to exercise more. Mm-hmm. I have said to myself every, I'm going to do like 30 minutes of exercise or I'm going to wake up and, and exercise or I'm going to do this or I'm going to eat a certain way. And I have to say that I haven't been following that commitment of doing the daily exercise. And my excuse is that I'm working, right? Like mm-hmm. the first thing that I do when I wake up is is I'm in creative mode. I'm thinking, I'm posting a lot of content. I feel like I absolutely need to put in that routine and stick to it because as your, I'm not going to blame anything, but as the, the working mompreneur and entrepreneur, I am just trying to get things done. And so mm-hmm. in that, the thing that gets put to the side is my daily workout routine. And so that's something I was really committed and then I got off track. And then I was mm-hmm. really committed and then I got off track. So I know what I'm passionate about and that's like helping people. Mm-hmm. Where I need to get better at for sure in the balance is uh, finding time for me. And and thankfully, both my partner and my daughter, I have an older daughter who's 21. She works out every single day. Um, and my son who's 15, like they know that mom, I've now been sharing with them what I want to have happen for myself and asking them to keep me accountable to that. Right, right. So, so that's what I've been doing now is now enrolling family members to say, can you keep me on track? And can you remind me that I need to do X, Y, Z for myself? And now my partner has said to me, what are you doing today about your specifically? What are you doing today about your self-care? What time are you doing that? And, and can I support you in that? So, so that's recently happened, but it's definitely something that I have, have not been consistent with. So I love that you have family and a partner that is supportive of your mm-hmm. goals and is holding you accountable because we definitely need that. Yes. And there's a book that I'm reading called Atomic Habits. And it's actually talking about if we are trying to create a new habit and we don't have specific cues in place or a reward to make us want to do it, then we never actually will. So something I may advise in that may help you is finding yes, ways please. to connect your your goal or your new habit to something you're currently doing. So Mm. for example, um, if if you want to work out, if you know at a certain time of day, I don't know, before or after lunch, and you have an extra 30 minutes, you know, have your change of workout clothes laid out somewhere. So it it triggers you, it reminds you, and that way, right before you go to do something that's related, you do that workout or right after you do whatever that's related, you do that workout. Yeah. Cause you know, I always, there's never a time I don't do a workout and I don't feel great. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you there is, and I say, why am I not addicted to working out? That is like the weirdest 
why can I not be addicted to working out? I'm addicted to like on my, not necessarily social media, but I'm like, what's, what's a post I can do today? And what email do I have to read? And, and which project am I working on? And what deadline do I, like, these are the things that when I wake up are in my brain versus I have to like work out. So mm -hmm. I'm training my brain to do that. And it's been, <laughs> uh, I have a coach for, I'm going to get a coach for that too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what? I kind of coaches I can push around. So I like <laughs> <laughs> and those are not the best ones. You you need a coach that is going to hold you accountable that's not afraid of you. That's the thing. Don't get coaches that won't hold you to account. I have a completely random question that I love to okay. ask everyone that comes on the show. I came across this article on Reader's Digest that basically says that your favorite type of shoe, um, it breaks down what it says about your personality. My question to you, Carmelia, is what is your favorite type of shoe? Is it like a stiletto, a flip-flop, a high heel boot, running shoes? So it's not a stiletto, but it's it's definitely a three, it's probably... Oh, a wedge. Not, okay. It's between, um, what do you call that now? I'm, I'm, it's between a wedge. It's a platform. a platform. So it's a platform stiletto. So in other words, I don't like, I don't usually wear the skinny, skinny heel because mm -hmm. I, I tend to, first of all, I'm only five, three. I usually, if you usually Same. see me and I'm <laughs> on stage, like it is, practically a stiletto but it's got a chunkier heel so i'm gonna say that the width of the heel is around an inch it's a sturdy heel so i'm probably mm -hmm. thinking it's called a platform but like yeah a modern stiletto platform is probably what it is the reason being is little tiny stiletto shoes for me and if it doesn't have a platform I just feel like I like run everywhere. And sometimes I'm in between sets when I'm on a television set or I'm running to grab the kids. Like I'm on my feet a lot when I'm in mm -hmm. like an office setting or a me I'm meeting with a client. So it's, it's definitely a platform stiletto. If that's, if that's the <laughs> name of the shoe. Women in flashy stilettos work hard and have excellent taste. Women who wear flashy stilettos like Jimmy Choo's and Christian Louboutins or other heels inspired by their aesthetics, they may seem materialistic, but these women are actually incredibly hardworking. They have major drive, determination, and standout work ethic. This is someone who says yes before she says no. She's very willing and very open to possibilities. She also really loves and values beauty, so she surrounds herself with beauty, whether it be in things, people, or how she lives. It doesn't have to be expensive. It just has to be pleasing to the eye. You will walk in and go, oh, what a lovely room, or oh, this is so inviting. She has a knack for being able to create an aesthetically pleasing space. Does that sound that, like you? Yeah, I like I I would have not <laughs> even known what a wedge would have been. Like that is me. That's my shoe. That's awesome. all I'm buying ever. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Thank so you. before awesome. we, okay. you're welcome. Before we go to the final segment, I want you to tell people where they could stay connected with you online. Um, super, super easy. My first and last name, uh, CarmeliaRay.com and everywhere on social media, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, at Carmelia Ray. Did it on purpose so it would be easy to find me, <laughs> including my email, CarmeliaRay at gmail.com. So that's how you find me. Awesome. Awesome. So I will definitely have the link in the details section below your episode so people can just click and connect directly. They won't have to search too far. Perfect. And the final segment of the show, I call it a walk in her wisdom. And it's just a couple of reflection questions where you just share the first thing that comes to mind. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? I think I would say something simple. I'm here to help you find love. Like, perfect. Period. I love it. How has being a mother changed you? Being a mom gives me the constant drive to want to be somebody, do things for others and lead and and have an and have an example that my children can be proud of. I think just being a mom changed my life in that I no longer am doing things for myself that I have the responsibility of raising children and leading by example. Love it. 
what new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? I think the new behavior and habit that has changed my life has been the Nike saying, just do it. (laughs) And actually put it in your calendar. Here, the biggest, biggest, what I've always found, if it is not in my calendar, it doesn't get done. Yep. Like it's like, I can't tell you how many embarrassingly enough appointments or calls as I was, you know, entering entrepreneurship and even occasionally where I'm so overwhelmed, I forgot to put something in my calendar. Doesn't get done. Right. Whatever you want to prioritize, even if it's meditation time. And you know what, Makini, you just helped me to solve an issue for myself. I'm going to put my workout. Duh. There you go. <laughs> and with, with a multiple, like I'm going to put it in my calendar. That's why it doesn't get <laughs> like literally I'm there here you for you right now. But like, <laughs> do you think, I'm afraid to put that damn thing in my calendar. <laughs> I'm going to put arguments in my calendar. It's like, you know what? We don't have a time. It, we did not schedule this fight. You want to fight with me? Put it in the calendar and only 10 minutes. That's it. Otherwise, we're not fighting. You know? Yes. Yes. That's so cool. Like, yes. I love it. Yeah. And for those of you who are in a couple, you know, put sex on the calendar. You got to put it in the Every calendar. <laughs> True. It's true date night, whatever, you know, maybe send a link to your husband, say, surprise my wife with something special and then invite him to do it. Mm-hmm. Put it on the calendar, you know, make my husband a beautiful dinner or whatever it is, or, or this is the time you call your, I mean, you can be really creative. So thanks for the question. I, that just didn't, that just solved a problem for awesome. me. Awesome. Awesome. I Thank love you. hearing that. That just made my day. <laughs> Thank you, Carmelia. I truly appreciate you taking the time to join us and sharing all of your wisdom with us. Thank you so much. My pleasure. To all of you faith walkers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Join the community of faith walkers and sign up for our weekly newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com and grab one of my personal development books available online everywhere. And if you can think of one person that would receive value from today's show, please share it with them and be sure to screenshot this week's episode and tag us on Instagram. You can tag Carmelia at Carmelia Ray, and you can tag myself at The Real Mikini Smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.